it starts with the, the very first step, which is identifying the skill. Next up is 90, 120, 180, 365 of helpful content. How can you actually teach people how to do something? Next up is networking online and then talking to your audience, asking them the clarifying questions. Because when you talk to your audience, you get these words, you get these phrases, these statements, these fears, challenges, and you can use all of that language to really refine your unique value proposition. And then I start by building a lead magnet where you start to collect more data on your audience, trying to understand what type of offer you need to build in what your audience is looking for. And once you have the perfect offer, you're going to go out, you're going to continue to create content. You're going to continue to get people into the lead magnet, isolating, improving, and repeating. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And the Creators Playbook podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who've created real success to give you the advice and playbook you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, then allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Creators Playbook Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Justin Welsh. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see Justin Welsh in action, you probably haven't been on any social media channels, uh, in particular, LinkedIn, Twitter. This guy is all over the place. So just jump on board and you're bound to run into some of his content. But let's just get right into the conversation. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Jared, thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you again and looking forward to chatting. Likewise. And this is the second time we've had the opportunity to connect, which is, uh, I think, a a true privilege and pleasure, um, because not only do we get some more tactical advice from you, which last time it was great. So if anyone's listening who didn't hear the last episode, scroll back in time, make sure you check that one out as well. But in addition, we, we, we're taking on a little bit of a new format and we're really going to drill in today. But, uh, you know, I tried to say it, but I'd love to hear it from your own mouth. Give, give our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, so I, the way I describe my business is I help people take the skills that they have, identify those and turn those into income. And often when I'm talking to somebody at a party and they ask me what, what I do, I just say, I help you take the stuff that's up here, the stuff right between your ears, uh, and go online and turn that into a business. And so I've been doing that, uh, for the past about four and a half years. I've, I've run several, several different internet businesses. This is sort of, you know, the newest one of the last two years. And prior to that, I was in tech. I was a chief revenue officer at a, a startup company. And before that, I was, you know, in sales and sales leadership. And so this is, you know, my second career. Exciting, exciting. And yeah, I think uh, uh, one of my favorite parts, again, like just a, a plug for our listeners, I loved how you went in like a little bit more in depth in our last episode, told your journey through tech, uh, really, really inspiring and like really hit home for me. So make sure if you're listening, go check that one out. Um, but uh, let's actually, uh, I'd love to hear just a, in maybe in brief, like what was the moment for you that you realized that this was something that you wanted to do full time? Yeah. 
You know, I think it's when I started making the very first sales of my very first digital product, which if I, I might not even remember this correctly, but I believe was in early 2020. And at that time I had this really confusing brand. I had transitioned out of the workforce and was doing consulting and advising for early stage healthcare companies in the tech space. And that was where I was making most of my living. And then I had this really weird side product called the LinkedIn playbook back in the day. And it was $50 and it just like taught people how I used LinkedIn to generate attention or, or land some business. And I didn't sell a lot of it. I think I sold 75 grand worth of it in 18 months, which is is not bad, um, but it certainly wasn't the same living I was making as a chief revenue officer. And so when that happened, it was still really interesting. I was like, oh, wow, this is like I recorded this thing last year and it's still making money. That's really interesting. And I thought, you know, what if I could make that the primary way that I drove revenue for my business? So the idea of like building these knowledge products and letting them go out and sell 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year became interesting. And so I leaned into that. And as soon as I started to get some of that traction, I thought the difference between 75 grand and 750,000 is just time. It's just time and audience, right? So like if I can put the pedal to the metal for the next five or 10 years, I think I can make that jump. And, um, you know, that's what kept me going. Give us a, a little bit of a taste of just the the landscape for you at that time. Like, how were you supporting your family? What was your audience size at that time? Like, at what point yeah. did you actually take that 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 leap? Yeah. So back in 2020, I had no audience on Twitter, only three or 4,000 followers and wasn't actively creating content there. On LinkedIn, I had 21,000 followers when I released the first product. And so like that was a lot back then, actually, because people weren't really using LinkedIn the way they are today, where it's more of a creator platform. Um, you know, so I was supporting my family in, a, in multiple ways. I was advising for some businesses. So I was on retainer as a you know sales advisor for early stage healthcare businesses. I was doing some consulting where it was more project-based work, you know, with deliverables. I was doing some coaching where I was coaching sales leaders and marketing leaders because that was my background. And then I had this little product on the side, you know, making 60 grand a year, 75 grand over 18 months. Um, during that time, I think my wife stopped working. So we were a single income family um, living in Los Angeles, you know, uh, that was certainly not easy, but, you know, based on the different ways that I was able to build the business up, like I was able to do it, <laughs> there was just a lot of pressure. And so, um, you know, I think back fondly at that time because it was the beginning of something really special, but I also think back and remember how stressed out it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as you were talking about just the, the, the LinkedIn, the state of the, the union at LinkedIn at that point in time, I actually, I don't know if you've heard this from anyone else. But I feel like you're almost maybe it's the algorithm, but you're almost responsible for all of what we see today, or at least what I see in my feed in terms of the like approach to uh, actually building an audience on LinkedIn. I see people utilizing the tactics that you preach nonstop. So you really I think I think you laid that landscape. Yeah, I ruined everything basically. So uh, <laughs> no, uh, it, it's it's neat. Like I, I sometimes feel the same. I think. 
it would be dangerous to say that I'm responsible for it because I'm in my own ecosystem, in my own echo chamber, right? Where it's like, I see the same people on LinkedIn every day and the same people on Twitter. And so I, I could logically come to that conclusion, but I think what's more likely is that, you know, I'm a small sliver. I'm, I'm one of many people who, who are writing on the platform or recording video on the platform at that time. And, you know, just to, just to be a small part of that feels really good. Um, I, I don't really, I'm not super attached to like whether or not I, I helped move the platform in that direction. What I think is much more fun and important is I do get a lot of emails from people that say like, I didn't know how to use it. And then I watched a course or read some content or read an article or watched a podcast, uh, listened to what you said, and then did those things. And now I have a big following and, you know, I've got thousands of those emails over the last five years. And it's pretty cool to know that you're impacting someone else's life in a really positive way. And I think without those emails, um, and without that feedback, it would actually be really hard to keep going. Um, because working for yourself at home, without teammates can be lonely and can be stressful sometimes. So those are the things that I think really allow me to keep building this business in the way that I want. Well, let's just get right down into the playbook. Like we've obviously established your credibility, but I, I want to give you a chance to do it again, like humble brag for a moment. Uh, let's let's just share with the listeners what playbook we're going to be going through today and perhaps why they should listen to you in addition to all of the accolades we've already talked about so far. Yeah, my, my hope is to really show people that it's possible. It's possible to go on the internet Take the knowledge or the skills. It doesn't always have to be knowledge. It could be something that you physically do or, or whatever your business model is that you can take those things and turn that into a six-figure business by approaching it intelligently. And what I always try and tell people is, can I walk you through a process that I believe in? Yes. Um, is there a step-by-step -step process for business in the world that like spits out six-figure businesses on the other side? No. <laughs> if there was, someone would have built it trademarked it and sold it to every single person who wants to do that. Um, so I'm going to give what I think are the basics, the fundamentals, the foundation stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to go through today, uh, you know, or I hope to go through is what I call the unsexy stuff. It's like, it's not how do I write better posts or how do I choose the right landing page builder? Or what's the best website? You know, I should, none of that stuff. It's, it's getting all the stuff around your customer base, right? Because a lot of people skip through that because it's not fun <laughs> and it's the most important stuff. So I, ho I hope to shine a light on a lot of that stuff today. Well, that actually makes me even more excited about it. Like I am of the belief that the differentiator between people who are successful versus those who are not with starting any business, whether online or offline, is simply the fact that they are willing to do the unsexy stuff. Like that's, that's what separates us. So uh, let's, yeah, let's get the ball rolling. Let's start talking about it. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it all starts with, with identifying a skill. And when I get emails from people, they always say like, what do I do if I don't have a skill or I, I'm not an expert in anything? And it's a misleading question because we all have skills and expertise is subjective, right? So if you think about go back to seventh grade or eighth grade, you had a math teacher, right? Geography teacher, probably not world renowned mathematicians, uh, they just knew more about math than you did, right? That's that's the whole idea of knowledge-based businesses on the internet is you're ahead of people. There are people two to three years behind you, five years behind you on this journey. If you can find those people, you can help them succeed. And that is a business. And so the first thing is identifying a skill. And there are a lot of different ways to do that. One way is to go out and say, um, what did I do for a career? 
That's what I did when I started my business. Hey, I did this thing and now I do this thing for myself, right? That's a very simple way. Another way is to go out and say, what are some things that I'm obsessed with that I, I can't stop learning about, that I just want to learn so much about every single day and teach people what you're learning. A third way is what do people come to help for you, uh, come to you for, for help with, right? We all have family members or friends who come to us and ask us for the same thing because we're good at something. It's a great way to identify a skill. And then the last one is just like, What's something you've solved for yourself? You know, I figured out how to use LinkedIn and I was like, oh, this is cool. I solved this problem. I'm going to go teach other people how to do it. My friend Dan, he figured out how to lose a bunch of weight. It's like he solved his own problem. And he's like, cool, I'll show you how I did it for myself. So I think, you know, to start, it's really all about identifying a skill. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's something that it, it stops a lot of people. Like I just speaking for myself, it stopped me for far too long um, from actually taking something, picking and committing to it. Uh, you know, for me personally, I landed in the something that I really liked category that I, you know, I wanted to start a business around because I struggled with this idea that I didn't want to be an influencer and I didn't want to be an expert. I wanted to talk about something that I loved, but it's such a sticking point, I think, for for so many people to really, truly understand because, you know, I was talking about this actually earlier with some friends. It's the fish doesn't realize that it's in water. It doesn't realize the existence yeah. of water. And I think that's that's really common. Like you don't realize the skill sets that you have because it becomes so natural to you. When I'm when I'm talking about skills in my products and my courses, I often I and I think it's a woman who's actually on Kajabi and I can't remember her name, so so forgive me, but she has info products on how to make balloon animals. And it's like, who would think of that? Right? Her, great for her. It's a six-figure business. And it's yeah. like if twisting balloon animals and teaching people how to do that can be a six-figure business, you got a skill that can be a six-figure business too. So I think it's really just about identifying that skill. And if I had to give people a piece of advice to move on to sort of a next step in, in once you identified that is tidying up your profiles online, just going out and saying, all right, you know, you don't have to pick every profile. I, I started on like five, pro, five uh, platforms when I first started and it was like, I was super overwhelmed. Like I couldn't, how do I do Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like all this stuff. And I just finally settled on LinkedIn. And I was like, why don't I just learn how to use this platform? So find your platform and tidy it up. Great banner image, professional headshot, description of what you do, who you do it for, what you help them achieve, what outcomes they should expect if they work for you, a beautiful about section, a link to your website, some testimonials, right? It's all about making those profiles a sales page. It's not about you know, your position at work. It's not about um, what your company sells that you're employed by. If you have a, if you're trying to do this for a side hustle, it's about you, <laughs> you know, who are you and why should people pay attention? And I think that's, that's one of the hardest things for people to figure out is like, why should people pay attention to me? And the first thing that you have to do is look the part. It's an, it's an aesthetic world. And whether, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we have to look the part. We got to look professional. We got to be cleaned up. So the next thing I would do is tidy up that profile and, 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 get people to take you seriously. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to derail the the playbook with this. Um but like what, what what's running through my mind. So we've talked about identifying the skill set. We've talked about finding the platform. Uh, I I want to know and I don't know if this is next on your list, but I really want to know how do you find the audience. Once you've picked your platform, how do you find those people who are ultimately going to potentially be a future customer yeah. for you? Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's one of the next steps, right? So like I, I generally would say there's a modern marketing funnel that, that people need to be cognizant of. So let's think about how people 
make decisions to buy things? Well, the first stage that most people are in is what we call problem unaware. They don't know they have a problem, right? (laughs) Or they don't know there's a better way to do the thing related to your business. And so they're not going to buy your stuff because they don't even know they have a problem, right? If I don't know that my kids want balloon animals for their birthday, I'm not going to buy a balloon animal course, right? Because there's no problem here. My kids don't want that, right? So I think the first thing that we have to do is recognize that a lot of people are just simply unaware of the problem. The next step is they're aware of the problem that you help solve, but they don't know that there are solutions. They don't recognize that there are solutions in the marketplace. Once they do, they become what's called solution aware. They are aware that there are solutions in the market to their problem, but they're not aware of your solution, right? Then there's the fourth step, which is product aware. They are now both aware of solutions, but also aware that you have a product or service that might solve their problem. And then the last stage is most aware, where they've decided they want your product or service and you need to make them your best offer. Now, to answer your question, inside of that, let's get started with the easiest one. And the easiest one is not trying to convince people that they have a problem that they don't know, right? The easiest one is people who already know they have a problem and are looking for a solution like your business helps solve. So Chris Doe wrote a really great tweet the other day, and he said something to the effect of, I'm going to butcher it, like, the the best way that I found that's worked for the last 10 years to create relevant content on the internet is to teach people. And so go find people who have a problem, right? Or let them find you by simply teaching about your solution. So if you sell SEO services to healthcare companies, go out every single day and share a practical, tactical tip about how healthcare companies can improve their SEO, raise their rankings, generate more revenue through their blog, optimize their current blogs, like every single day, just teach. That's the easiest way to get started. It's much easier than trying to convince a bunch of people who don't know they have a problem, that they have a problem. So I always say, create that content that's teaching, create 90 days. And with things like ChatGPT nowadays, you can just say, give me 90 days worth of ideas, right? It's not a good writer, but you say, give me 90 days worth of ideas I could teach about this very niche topic. And then just do that every single day. And if your profile is designed in a way that we talked about earlier, where when people get to your profile, they can see the help that you you, you give what your business does, and you've shown for 90 consecutive days, which is an arbitrary number. It might be 120 or 180 or 365. Um, if they can start to say, wow, every single day I learn something really great from this person, and then I go back to their profile and they have a business that goes deeper into what they're talking about on the internet, and that's a problem that I have, you sort of become at least one of the people they have to consider when looking for a solution. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really great. And, and in terms of, I know you said it's arbitrary, but I am interested. Is there a time frame that you commit or is there a, like, because it's, you know, there's a, it's the attention economy right now. So yeah. it takes a while to actually get that exposure. Yeah. It, it's a, a very common question. How many days, how many pieces of content, what number of followers it's, it, it's meaningless for the most part. It, it, it's not, but, but I'll kind of tell you what I mean. So there's no rule where it's like, oh, you have 19,999 LinkedIn followers. You can't have a business yet. One more follower and you can have a business. It's like, there's no rules, right? So what, what I always tell people is what you should be looking for is the commonality of questions from people who are interacting with your content. So your content, you should see improvement in engagement. You should see hopefully over 90, 120, 365, an improvement in the number of impressions, the number of people leaving comments, sharing your content and asking questions. And when you start to see the same question be asked over and over and over and over again, that becomes a great idea for two things. You can either make that a lead magnet 
right? Which hopefully solves that very specific problem because the people asking could be potential future customers, or you could make that your core offer. And so what I often like to do is if I hear the same problem 10, 15, 50 times, and that problem is narrow, like very specific, I'll create a lead magnet to answer that narrow question, to solve that narrow challenge and expose that person to a much wider, bigger challenge that my core offer solves. And so that's what you really want to look for. It's not a follower number. It's not an engagement number. It's not a day. It's are the number of questions that sound the same getting bigger and bigger and bigger over time. If so, you can have 5,000 followers and start to build a business. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And we've seen that uh, on so many different occasions. Even people that we've had on this podcast have had less than a few thousand followers, but have actually generated, you know, sometimes over a million dollars in revenue. Well, I, I've derailed you twice with my questions. Let's let's get back to the playbook on um, get, turning that knowledge into a six-figure business. You know, after identifying the skill, after finding the yeah. platform, after committing to teaching, what's next? Yeah, you actually didn't derail me at all. It was the next logical step. Ah, the, the, the step the step <laughs> after kind of creating that 90 or 365 or however many days of content. And this is a step that is optional, but I like it, is building a simple website for yourself, which is just like... Where can people learn more about you? Where can you control the narrative, right? Social media is very algorithm driven. It's what people can say, whatever they want about you on social media, but your website is where you control the narrative. It's where everything that's on the site is spun through your lens, through your web, right? So you can say what you want about yourself, showcase your testimonials, do all the things that you want to do without anybody else, you know, being in control. So I love to build a website to just simply have somewhere to send people should they decide that my social media profile doesn't tell them enough or they want to browse my services. So I like to go there and say, all right, let's use card, C-A-R-R-D or use Kajabi or use whatever, right? And build a simple, simple website. My first Kajabi website was like one page. It's very, very simple. And um, that's that's what I suggest. And, and then once you have that website and you're creating that content, I think the very easiest thing to or the next easiest thing to do is to start to network online because your network really is your net worth, right? Especially in the creator world. And that doesn't mean that you have to go out and try and hook up with the biggest creators in your industry or niche or people who have a million followers. It's really just finding those folks inside of your niche who are positive optimistic, going somewhere, growing, supportive, right? Build your little tribe because it does get lonely. It does get difficult. And when you sort of have your tribe, I like to move into like a Slack channel or a Discord channel. I've got like 10 creator friends that we have a Slack channel going. And it's like, this is the easiest way to solve challenges, get best practices, all the things that you're going to struggle with when you're, you know, just starting out building a business. So after, you know, building your website, I think the next best thing you can do is, is network online. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've had any experience with, with having some positive reactions to building, building a tribe like that, Jared. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I think that is probably, it's one of the simplest and yet maybe one of the most underrated elements I think of building an online business. Like it's something that I don't ever hear anyone talking about, but especially in the world of entrepreneurship, it's so crucial to have that tribe of people who are going to help, you know, uh, shine a light on a blind spot, help you solve a problem. Um, and something that's just like, it's not, I don't think it's in any other playbook. So once again, you've got yeah. the Justin Welsh exclusive here. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's common to feel isolated. So I, I love that, that step. And then the next two steps are sort of tied together, which is 
if you've started this, you're hoping to build this business, most people start pretty broad without getting really refined about why why people should choose them or how their business is different or who exactly they serve and what problems exactly they solve. So the next thing that I, I like to to advocate that people do is talk to their audience. So when you get some of these questions, these commonalities that we talked about earlier, this is a great opportunity before you even build that lead magnet or before you create that offer or in tandem with doing those things, you send them a DM and say, Hey man, great question on my content today. I really wanted to get some clarity around that and learn a little bit more about some of the challenges that you're, you're struggling with. You mind jumping on a call with me for 10 minutes, or I can shoot you a few questions over via email. I just want to make sure I understand your challenges. After a while, you talk to 10, 20, 50 people, you're going to start hearing some of that same language. You're going to hear fear. You're going to hear objections. You're going to hear how they describe their positive future. What does their life or world look like when these problems get solved? All of that language is used to do the next step, which is really refining your unique value proposition, using the language of your customers to talk about, you know, who specifically do you serve? What specifically do you help them do? What objections can you overcome? What does their future look like after they work with you? All that language comes from your customers. And that's why I think talking to your audience and building a UVP are, are two things that are really tied together. Yeah, it really reminds me of the process that here at Kajabi, we actually go through um, when building a product for our audience, like that that, that step uh, of truly empathizing and understanding their problems are what ultimately allow us to innovate on their behalf. And so like it, it makes perfect sense that that would be a part of the process of building any business too. And, and you know, I think as as you do this, This is where a lot of people kind of mess up. The next thing they do is they talk to their audience and they go out and they just build an offer right away and they try and start selling. And if I could encourage people to do something a little bit different, most people are like, build a lead magnet, which leads to my offer. I like the idea of building a lead magnet next, but I don't love it to initially lead to an offer. What I like to do with my very first lead magnet is get people, the same people you talk to, the same people who ask questions on your content, hopefully you're growing over this period of time, is offer it up and say, hey, these are things I've heard from my audience that are big challenges. I have put together a lead magnet. You don't have to call it that. I put together an ebook, a guide, a webinar, whatever it might be to solve this very specific narrow challenge that I heard, right? Get people into that. And at the end, instead of pitching them, just send them to a thank you page and say, I'd love to learn more about you. Where are you in your journey? I love using a piece of software called Write Message to do this. Where are you in your journey? What are your two, three biggest challenges? You know, what are you afraid of? What does the future look like if this gets solved? How impactful is this to your business? What is this in, where is this in your priority list? You can just do this with clickable buttons, right? So you're just collecting this data. And so what you're doing over time is you get this snapshot of the people who are paying attention to you. And pretty soon what you'll see inside of that snapshot are common challenges, and also how they hope to solve them and what they hope their world looks like once they get solved. This language, this data combined with talking to your customers should inform a few different things. It should inform what your offer looks like. You can use exactly what you collect from that data to build the perfect offer from the data that you collect. And then when you build a landing page for it, or when you send emails about it, or when you talk to customers about it, you can use all that data and all that language that you collected to be speaking about your offer in a way that resonates with your customers. So I love building a lead magnet, gathering feedback, and then turning it into an offer. And the offer that I always encourage people to go with, and it's not right for everybody, is I love a service business to get started. It's more time intensive, but you can generally charge 
know, decent rates if you have some experience or if you're providing a ton of value. Um, and you get the benefit of being able to have more customer conversations. And over time, as you get really, really good at solving the same problem the same way, that's how digital courses are built. When you have a system, when you have a step-by-step, when you're like, I've done this a hundred times, I can do this with my eyes closed. You can put it into a, a, a digital course, you can make it lower cost, and then you can raise the rate of your service business. So now when people have the problem that they have, they've got two learning styles, two price points, two options, and it becomes you know a lower cost course and a higher cost service business. That has been the crux of my business for what it was for the first two and a half to three years. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that. It's it's it really resonates with the journey that I'm on. Like I'm actually seeing this almost materialize in front of me. Actually, just today, um, I had someone reach out who said, "Hey, would you would you actually do that thing for me that you're teaching?" <laughs> Which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. It's like the beginning of a service business in a way. Sure is. It's the best thing that you can do in the beginning. And all those learnings go into a product and off of that product come up sales and subscriptions and sponsorships. And, you know, it just opens up a world of possibilities. Yes. Well, I can't wait for the clarity that's going to come from this experience. Uh, but yeah, let's let's keep going. Um, like, yeah, take us through. I think we, we've we've made it through. Um, you know, identifying the skill, finding the platform, teaching people on social, um, all the way through to where we are now with like really refining that value proposition and maybe formulating a business. Like once we do that, what's next? Yeah. I mean, at the end, once you've done that, there are obviously a lot of things you can do, right? You can go in a million different directions, but most of growing that, that's a great business. And most of growing that is simply figuring out what's working and figuring out what isn't working doing more of what is and doing less of what isn't. And so I'll give you an example. People always ask me, how do I scale? I'm at 200,000. I want to scale to a million. Okay. There's no magic pill for that. There's no secret strategy that I'm doing behind the scenes. It generally comes down to a few things. It comes down to having more offers, right? So different offerings at across your offer spectrum, more price points. So more pricing packages, bundles, or higher price points, right? In terms of like your idea, your offer, there's those are the three things. More offers, more price points, and higher price points. Across traffic, when you start to look at social media, you know, you can get three things. More traffic, better traffic, and cheaper traffic. So more traffic is simply growing on the social media platform you use or adding another platform. Better traffic is refining that UVP and really making sure that every single piece of content that you produce is speaking to your ideal customer. Then you'll get better traffic and cheaper traffic just relates to ads, right? So if you're running ads, if you can figure out how to get lower cost traffic that turns into higher value customer lifetime value, that's a recipe for a money machine, right? Where you put in a dollar and three dollars come out, come out, right? And then around the, the, the offer, it's, or the landing pages, it's higher conversion. It's improving your conversion. I love A-B testing. So I'm currently A-B testing two landing pages. I may be testing some of my headers. I may be testing some of my body copy to improve the percentage of people who convert. You got to have better retention. So if you have a service business or you have a subscription business, it's all about making sure that the customer experience is top notch. 
right? It, and not just top notch, but that you're getting the exact customers that you want for your business. If you get the right customers and you deliver them a top notch experience, you have better retention. And then last but not least is higher ARPU, average revenue per user. So it's maximizing the amount of dollars that a customer spends with you. It's a lot easier to get a current customer to spend an extra $100 with you than it is to go out and find someone new who's never spent money with you before. So there's like nine bullets on really scaling your business. And this kind of wraps up you know, the, I guess, step-by-step, step, if you will, more offers, more price points, higher price points, more traffic, better traffic, cheaper traffic, higher conversion, better retention, and higher average revenue per user. That's sort of the nine things that you can do once you have a pretty good business set up. Yeah, I love that. And it's I, one of the, like the bonuses that I like to run through as I'm thinking through uh, the potential of a business is just to reverse engineer the math. If I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, that could be 10 people who pay me $10,000 one time. That could be, I can't do the math that quick, but it could be a several $9,000 a month offers. I think that gets me over a hundred thousand. You know, you could just reverse engineering like what you need to sell and what you need to make. And I guess I'm curious if you, have you used that philosophy or maybe, I don't know if you use those financial targets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For, for sure. I remember when I started, when I first built my very first product, you know, I, I don't think I hit it, but my whole thing, because it was too cheap, my whole thing was thinking about how do I make $270 a day selling digital products? Cause that's a hundred grand. And so, you know, when I talk to students today, I always say like, what could you charge $135 for? And if you can sell two of those things per day, you have a hundred grand business or side hustle. It doesn't have to be your primary business. And in order to sell two of those, you probably need 90 to hundred visitors to a landing page. So the next question is, can you do that on a daily basis? And I think to do that, you don't need 500,000 followers. You could do that with 5,000, 10,000. If they're really engaged, if they understand what you're doing, if the price point's high enough, especially. I have friends who have less than 10,000 followers making 500 grand a year. And I have friends who have more than 500,000 followers who can't make more than five grand a month. And it's all about right follower, right offer, all that. Yeah, yeah, it's that right audience. Uh, well, uh, g- give it back to us one more time. Just uh, we, we dove in deep to the playbook, but just break down the steps for us one more time. Yeah, it starts with the, the very first step, which is identifying the skill that you have. That is the, the most important is identifying that skill, because I think a lot of people get held up with that. After identifying a skill, it's really about tidying up your profiles. You know, you have to go out and make sure that your profiles are clean, crisp and professional. Next up is nine, I say 90 days worth of content, but again, it's arbitrary. It's 90, 120, 180, 365 of helpful content. How can you actually teach people how to do something? Once you've done that, and again, this is optional, I love to set up a website. Does can be one page. Kajabi has beautiful templates, you know, just a website where you can, people can learn about who you are and what you offer. Next up is networking online. So starting to build that little, I call it a team, but they're not employees. They're sort of friends, peers, folks that you can you know bang ideas off of. And then start talking to your audience. This is where things get really fun. Talking to your audience, asking them the clarifying questions. When they're asking you a question on your content, jump on the phone, jump on a Zoom, talk to them. What do they mean? Why are they struggling with that? Why is that such a challenge? How much does it cost them? Talking to your audience to refine your unique value proposition, which is the next step. Because when you talk to your audience, you get these words, you get these phrases, these statements, these fears, challenges, you know, how they think about the future, what they're looking for. And you can use all of that language to really refine your unique value proposition. And then I start by building a lead magnet. 
But not building a lead magnet that leads to an offer, building a lead magnet that leads to a survey where you start to collect more data on your audience. And that data is really focused on trying to understand what type of offer you need to build and what your audience is looking for. So it's building that lead magnet, getting it into the hands of your audience and using a tool like Right Message, or there's a few other tools to survey your audience and get that feedback. Once you have that feedback, that's where you use that feedback and the stuff that you've talked to your customers about to really refine the perfect offer. And once you have the perfect offer, you're going to go out, you're going to continue to create content, you're going to continue to get people into the lead magnet, but now the lead magnet is leading to your offer. And once you're starting to sell some of that offer, that's where you simply review and iterate. You look over, you know, can I improve conversion? Can I improve time on my site? Can I improve the average revenue per user? It's just looking at those nine different levers that I talked to you about earlier and figuring out which one's the easiest to pull, which one is lagging behind the most, isolating, improving, moving on to the next one, isolating, improving, and repeating. Well, Justin, during that, you talked a lot about tools that you've you've used, uh, and I'm, I'm interested, was there a moment or was there a particular challenge uh, that you hit that caused you to seek out a tool like a Kajabi in your business? Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, when my business started growing, I realized that I wanted to do things like add a blog. I wanted to write a newsletter, um, email automation, uh, email triggers, right? One-click upsells. These were all opportunities that I saw to further improve my business, um, further engage with my audience and customers, and also deliver a better experience across a longer period of time and improve customer average revenue per user and improve their retention. And so I moved to Kajabi in, I think, January of 2021, I think. Um, I think it was January 26th, 2021. I had a brand new website. All my email automation was connected. All my products were hosted there. I had one-click upsells, which became a $22,000 MRR product. Like There were so many different things that I was trying to cobble together using various point solutions. Uh, you know, Integrations with Zapier. And it's like, I just got rid of all that. <laughs> you know, I was able to just like stop paying for seven tools that I was hacking together with Zapier, which fails every once in a while. And I, you know, I moved over to Kajabi and had all that stuff under one roof, which was a blessing for my business. Amazing. Well, I think back on yourself when you just got started, or maybe just the individual out there, maybe one of our listeners is considering taking that leap today. What's what's your advice for someone who's literally at day zero right now? Well, it, my advice is gonna be very simple. First, I would just listen back to this and kind of think through the 10 or 11 steps that I walked through and realize they're not all going to happen tomorrow. You're not going to get it perfect. Business is a game. Business is a formula. It's expertise times time, right? It's expertise multiplied by time. Better you get at something and the longer you do it, generally the more successful you are. That's, That's a pretty simplified formula. But you can't start that formula if you don't start. So listen to the podcast and then stop listening to podcasts, stop reading blogs, stop picking up business books, stop asking your friends and family, and just start. All the things that you're going to learn, and you're going to learn sometimes that I'm right and sometimes that I'm wrong. And all of that stuff that you're going to learn, you're going to learn through your own journey. So if you're looking to get started, the number one thing you have to do is start. And that's what so many people fail to do. Yeah. Bonus question for me, since I'm on this journey sure. myself, uh, tell me what's what's one of the biggest mistakes you see people see people making during the early stages of uh, content creation online? Yeah. What people do is they look at 
creators like myself or Sahil Bloom or Dan Go or Dan Co or whomever, whomever they're, they're currently following and they see something work for them and then they go, oh, that must work. So they copy it. They don't plagiarize it usually. Sometimes they do, but they generally don't. And then they, fa- they fail and they can't, well, if it works for Justin, I don't understand. That's, that's the time, that's the time part of the formula, right? Um, you have to look back <laughs> at what works for people when they don't have gigantic followings. And when I was trying to create content early on Twitter, especially, which is my second platform, rather than re- reinvent the wheel, I found like five creators I really liked. And instead of looking at the, what they were doing now, I just looked at what they did five years ago when they had no following. And I looked for that inflection point. And that inflection point is generally like the three to five different pieces of content that got their name out there. And if you can find those, especially when someone has a few hundred or a few thousand followers, and those things resonated when they didn't have a big audience or weren't quote unquote very popular, um, there's a lot of learning there. So it's reverse engineering sort of those 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 moments in time uh, where big creators got their first inflection point. So spend some time doing that. And then, you know, try, try those things. But ultimately what you'll find is your own style, if you can figure it out, is going to be what works for you. And so go do that. Pick up a pamphlet or a blog post on copywriting, read one, and then start trying those things instead of trying to read 30 books on copywriting. That's my best advice. <laughs> I love it. Well, so much value as expected. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, anything coming down the pipeline for your business, anything new and exciting uh, on the horizon. Yep. I am launching what is going to be my flagship product. Uh, it's on hosted on Kajabi and it's coming on January 16th, 2024. It's called the Creator MBA. And rather than being sort of a small, short course on how to do one thing in particular, it is my, it's everything I've learned over five years of building internet businesses. It's, um, I call it a living, breathing course because I expect that over the next decade, as I learn more about building businesses, that this is the place where that information gets, gets stored, gets updated. I want it to be the number one repository in the world for internet entrepreneurs who want to get started building something meaningful. Well, count me in. Is there a pre-sale going right now? Because I want in on it the moment it uh, becomes available. There's no pre-sale yet. The pre-sale will be January 16th. And, uh, but there is a wait list, which is, you know, it's going to be open to folks who are on the wait list. We got about 14,850 people on the wait list right now. Uh, and you can just go to justinwelsh.me uh, and you can click courses and select creator MBA. I love it. Well, we'll, of course, have that information for all of our listeners in the show notes. Uh, But once again, thank you, Justin, for taking the time out of your day to share with us. This has been a value-packed episode. So thank you again. Jared, thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Well, that is all we have for you, our listeners, this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope to see you next week on our next episode. Thanks again for listening. 